0: Hey, this is Yerka Gire. I'm a wine professional based in Oakland, California, and I wanted to feature some stories about new faces in wine. You're listening to the Viticole Podcast. Welcome to Redefining the Vigneron, featuring the 280 Project. I'd like to introduce you to Christopher Renfro, a furloughed wine professional who pivoted his life into wine growing. Chris hails from Kentucky, but his military brat background took him all over the world. Ultimately, he landed in San Francisco. Chris has worn many hats in his lifetime, from working in a governor's office to being the assistant wine director at Liholiho. But the most inspiring role he has taken on has been in creating the 280 Project. The 280 Project is led by black and brown wine professionals and is an educational nonprofit initiative. Founded in 2019 by Chris, The 280 Project's goal is to empower inner-city individuals into learning about viticulture and horticulture. Also, Chris aims at teaching people how to reclaim neglected land and space and realize the lucrative economic opportunities there are within the wine industry. According to the Association of African American Vintners, one-tenth of one percent of winemakers and wine growers in the United States are black. 280 aims to increase the number of BIPOC winemakers and growers in the U.S. and combat that number through its apprenticeship program. So let's jump into talking to Chris about the 280 project, how it started, where it's going. This is the Viticold Podcast.
1: Uh, So I would say it all started when I met Steve at uh, revel tasting, or not revel tasting, but like Revel held a, a little seminar talk, and Mimi Castile was there and Steve Mathias and were both there speaking. And I don't know, I was just super hooked listening to Steve, listening to Mimi, and yeah it was really awesome i ran into steve actually before the event on the street and he kind of was like hey do you do you know where this place is and i was like no nah, man but i don't know he was just such a nice guy that i was like this guy's awesome so when we finally got in there and like we're listening and asking questions i was like this is someone that i want to like learn from this is someone that i would like to work with eventually and uh yeah, once I had that space and I started thinking about it more. I was like, dude, like Steve's like the guy to like kind of think about and when I was talking with Beth, Beth was like, "Yo, we should talk to Steve." And actually basically it all came together cuz I'm trying to get this grape called Koshu, uh Japanese grape, and I reached out to someone in Japan. They were like, "We'll send it to you. Do you have anybody that like is uh, you UC Davis or anything like that and I was like oh I know someone, Steve Mathiason so then I reached out to Steve Steve was like hey I know a lady named Beth Beth was like hey I'll get you the vines, let's talk about what you're doing with what you have with the vineyard so we sat down and literally we kind of like hammered it out in one session we're like this is what Chris is thinking, Steve was like I would love to help you with that, boom and it came together like so amazing yeah it was, it was literally like Steve just was like, "I would love to be a part of something like that."
0: Food, yeah. wine, people—all of them working together.
1: Well, it's all the, the same s- goal. It's all the same thing. It's like when I think about it, like the actual farm-to-table thing that bothered me so much working in restaurants wasn't that it wasn't authentic. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I think about what Black people probably have been doing since we've been on this soil, it's farm-to-table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like kind of really crazy if you think about. It. We need to respect that history and not shy away from it. And when I think about how luxurious our food is and how much time and thinking and, like, feeling goes into making these beautiful dishes that, like, I guess are now coming back into fashion and coming into fine dining. Mm -hmm. That it's, like, I think we should really honor our skills, but also, like, know that we still can do this, that we still are those same people. And I think having the appropriate history of what we've been doing, like, I have Monticello's whole... um, kind of like gardening booklet of what the slaves grew and what they were doing on that property so it's like imagine if we had all that kind of information imagine if we knew what we were doing All imagine
0: if it was taught in school exactly yeah
1: it would be it would change kids minds you know so that's why i want to do the seed thing too eventually it's like just getting ourselves all of our food back getting able to grow it california back to the south vice versa putting it on menus just thinking about what it would look like to have black wine on menus but also black black foods like yams and certain peppers and certain like just herbs spices that certain rices like what that would look like reflecting a menu all of a sudden like all chefs all races all nationalities it would just open up the industry to make it more representative more
0: inclusive yeah and
1: also fun and interesting Mm -hmm. so it's like kind of fun when you think about it like Man, it seems like a lot of work, but it's also like this is crucial to do because it's like if we don't do that, we're gonna give up something so powerful to ourselves.
0: Absolutely. And I really do think about in this last year, like 2020 vintage, I now can like pour a lineup of eight different wines mm-hmm. from different either black winemakers, mm-hmm. Asian American winemakers, Latinx winemakers, queer winemakers. Mm-hmm. All from the United States. And I honestly didn't think that was possible three years ago. I remember looking around and seeing maybe five to six people who were either interning or, you know, trying to figure out the wine space. But nobody who was actually being able to make their own wine, own their own label, you know, have that bottle that they can really just put in front of you uh, to pop and pour. But... Just within the last year. Like, we're literally like a year from when all of the George Floyd marches were happening. And I just think about, this is almost a year that I've known you Mm too. And I think about all the changes that have been happening in such a short time. And they're they're definitely wanting for more. Mm -hmm. But I honestly see that the sky's the limit. I see meeting you where you were like, hey, I have these vines and I want people to come to them and I want to make grapes into wine and I want to blow this up. And then come a year later, you have this respected apprenticeship with Steve Mathiason. You have the ear of a lot of the leaders in viticulture. And I know that you're only going to keep going. It's... It's really amazing to see how powerful we truly are once we grab the reins of our own destiny. So I'm just really proud to know you.
1: Thank you.
0: And I know that it's been such a tough year for both of us, but it has. When we sit still in this room, like I'm really like taking it all in. Thanks. And I'm just I'm overwhelmed with gratitude for it and for meeting you.
1: Thing I feel the same thing because it's like honestly, it's like. I don't think a lot of people that don't know us understand how powerful this feels for us. Like, I want everyone in the world to understand this isn't about just me. Like, I felt so alone in being able not to have a space or have the friends that I wanted to talk to. the things that I heard in restaurant spaces the the stuff that was being said around me about how we eat and what we like as far as food, the judgments that I heard I was just like this is this is not fair, this is not okay, so now to be like in this space, I see it as like literally just the tip of the iceberg it's there's so much about to come and so much about to like unfold in such a positive way you know because i think about like i think about like ahmaud Aubrey, you know what i mean like and it's like i think about like that was like the one for me that really like threw me into that feeling of being like what are we all going through this man was like hunted down you know what i mean And it's like it's scary to think that that was only a year ago but so much good has happened but i also don't want to let go of the idea that like i hustle because i don't know when this is going to stop Mm -hmm. and i don't know what to look forward to i know that i never will stop and then i put one foot in like front of the other every single day i wake up every single day i do my vision board i go to bed every night I do my vision board, I'm constantly thinking, writing down my ideas, reaching out to people. And it's like, everybody wants to think that there's some kind of crazy luck or something involved. It's like, nah, man, like, I was afraid for such a long time, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And it's like, I always wanted to do what I wanted to do. And like, it was plants, it was food, it's nature In some ways hospitality luxury stuff but like I care about people and I care about seeing people happy and I also like being outside and that's what makes me happy and I want to be able to give that back to all the people that haven't been able to have that before and it's such a powerful feeling watching these apprentices be on these spaces and I don't know if they always feel that I am the same Is them. Like, I'm just like, man, this is like an opportunity to learn everything, to be able to do everything. Like, it's like, I really don't, I don't even understand how I got there. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm just like, wow, you really can just ask for it and it'll happen. Like, I literally told my partner today, I was like, man, all I did was ask. All I did was ask for the land. All I did was ask for vines. All I did was ask for people that want to be interested. All I did was ask for a community, you know, and and it all came. So I really hope people realize like what I learned is just ask, just keep asking. Don't be afraid to ask and just show up and like really do what you say you're going to do. And you're going to find people that support you more than anything, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, it's been the same story for me. Um, but to switch gears uh-huh. a little bit, it's not just... You don't just give back by, you know, connecting people to the land, connecting these apprentices with these teachers, like Steve Mathiason, Mimi mm-hmm. Castile, so on and so forth. You also have been the push behind Feed the People Collective that's also of Alamany Farm, mm-hmm. where... And tell us a little bit about where Almanini Farm is in the city of San Francisco yeah. and tell us about Feed the People Collective cuz I think it's it's something that people don't really know that you do as well on top of all this other like wine and food world work. Yeah. Um but it's also just as beautiful and just as powerful.
1: So Almanini Farm is at the edge of Bernal Heights and kind of right where Mission Street off the 280. It's a very urban park. It's a San Francisco public park. It's 3.5 acres. It's open to the community all the time. Um, But my biggest problem with it when I came was that I didn't see any young, any of the young black kids coming into the park and playing. I didn't see them coming into the park and eating. I didn't see any of the elders really coming in and harvesting food. And this is a place where all the produce, the vegetables, the fruit, everything is free. And I didn't see our people taking that. And I was just like, "How? how is this happening? Why is this happening? And I don't know, just seeing those vines, I was like, that's the first way I'm going to do it. But then I also saw this outdoor kitchen. And... I was just like, whoa, what is this? And it's this beautiful outdoor kitchen with, like, two grills. It has running water, marble tops, and it looks like something out of, like, a Chopped episode that's super fancy, just beautiful. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, wow, the... I'll call them the projects because that's what people look at them as. They don't really call them apartments, mm-hmm. but the projects are right there. And that's why I called it the 280 project. Cause it's off the 280 mm-hmm. it's right next to the housing projects. And it's something that I'm learning as I'm doing. It's a project in life, you know? So the 280 project is a direct reflection of where Alamany farm is and what's going on right now. And I saw this and I was just like, man, it's just like I said earlier, I was like, I didn't see any of these people in my restaurant when I worked there, any of the restaurants that I worked at, You know what I mean? And and it made me feel so sad in a way that like my life is probably where I'm at because of the food that I ate, the culture that I got to have, knowing that I was a black kid even though racism existed. My mom still put me in situations where I got to see other stuff. You know what I mean? Like I came back to America after being in Europe for a long time and I finally learned out that most black men don't live to the age of 21. That's what I was told as a kid. So I like think about the young black kids in this neighborhood and I'm looking at them all and I'm like damn dude, they can like ride wheelies, they can do all this stuff. They're like so smart, they're so good at everything, but they don't have any relation to this land. They don't know anything about the farm. The people don't know about them. So I immediately just kind of like was like, I'm gonna call out the chefs in the city that say they're all farm to table, that say they're all about community. And I'm gonna ask them to donate one day out of the month and come provide their services, their culinary expertise, their flavor, what they feel like they want to cook, and do it for free. And my friend Haley and I, Haley Garaboto, she's a Filipina chef, half Filipina chef, and she helps put all that stuff together. And I thought about it, and like everybody's always like, do you want the community to come to you and eat in the park? And I was like, I mean, if they if they wanted to, they would. And but what I do is I run the food just like running a, a restaurant. I actually walk it to people's doors and I ask if they're hungry, if they would like lunch, and I knock, and then I ask how many plates they would like, and then I drop off that many plates after telling them what's on their on their on their plate. And it's crazy. You walk up to some houses. You're literally
0: just running the food to their table.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, dude, you open the door sometimes, and there's like 90 year old, 80 year old ladies that push the door open with one foot in a wheelchair. Yeah. It's painful. crazy they don't have food to eat yeah and they're like where am i gonna get food and it's weird it's like i look up the hill and i'm like there's grocery stores there's parks and it's like the black community is forgotten but people still drive through their neighborhood to get up to their neighborhood And it's weird it's like there's old asian people old latin people but it's like people forget that they even exist like they don't have a corner store nearby they don't have anything nearby And cars they zoom by like 100 miles per hour it's like i don't know it's the way i feel about it is like if everybody in the city did one day out of the month taking care of a community that they know needs it
0: that's literally just right there
1: that you could change so much in the city.
0: Not even a block away.
1: Dude, and it's crazy. It's like if you just gave eight hours of one month to doing something for someone else. And even if you don't have the money, if you can like get it donated, if you can do whatever you can, like figure it out, handing out sweatshirts, handing out anything, just seeing if people are alright, you know what I mean? And people are like, Do you think those people appreciate it? And people say, Those people, and I'm like, You mean like me? Like like black people? and a lot of people forget that they forget like while they're talking to me that I'm like a black person Mm -hmm. while they're saying these things a lot of the times. And I'm like, yeah, they appreciate it. They tell me, thank you. There are dudes in there that I know that are like actively affiliated in gangs and stuff that tell me that they're so thankful for me being there. And that like, they're so happy to know me and that they like appreciate everything that I do. Like, you know what I mean? Like that feeling of being able to connect with Every person from the young children to the elders to the people still messing around, it feels cool. And everybody is like, it's interesting that you got their trust and stuff. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not. It's like, it's crazy. It's I just walk through the neighborhood and I talk to every single person. You just and I treat always...
0: people like they're humans.
1: Exactly. And it's like, that's the thing. It's like talking about the wine, talking about the food. It's like a lot of people forget. I still feel black in America. I still relate to these people a lot more than I relate to a lot of other people. So it's very much in my mindset to make sure that these people are taken care of. I may not have anything, but like I'm gonna give them everything because I believe that if you take care of people while you're coming up, that they're gonna like be able to take care of themselves. And that I want those kids to one day be able to take care of themselves and do the same thing for their community. That's it, you know?
0: and you're doing it man like people are seeing what you're doing those kids are seeing what you're doing in the farm like showing up every day to take care of vines showing up every day to take care of vegetables like it's not going unseen and no write up in any newspaper is going to give you the fulfillment that serving your community can give you
1: no, it's 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 kind of wild. It's like even even though it's just been a year, the amount of I've literally touched every single door in that neighborhood. I've literally met, like met every person that kind of lives in that neighborhood. I worked the food pantry in that neighborhood, but it's it's more than that. It's the fact that like I actually know each person. And it's it's wild. It's like even in privileged neighborhoods, how much do you know your neighbors? Yeah. How much do you know people and it just makes me realize that that black community as much as they're down they all have a community Mm -hmm. they still all talk to each other they still all walk to each other's houses borrow sugar say what's up to each other barbecue it's 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 an actual community where i don't i see a lot of that is lost in san francisco you know what i mean no no amount of wealth can actually just create a community
0: Create, create connection
1: it doesn't do it you have to actually have people that are willing and wanting and sometimes people need to struggle sometimes people need to like also just be appreciative and be happy and i can see that community is down and out as it is gunshots happening and stuff people are happy they're just alive and they have a place to live and they have a roof over their heads and they have food to eat you know what i mean so it's like me giving that one day back to people is like this is at least i can like you know what i mean like this is at least like what i should be Man, doing this
0: is nothing for me to do no. one day
1: this is what i learned working in a restaurant doing it for other people that didn't care about who i was that yeah. didn't care about what i looked like or what those people look like so i want to go ahead and take all that information and knowledge and just pass it right along there you go and pass the health food with it all of it you know what i mean the mindset that somebody cares about you it's going to like last in people's minds and hearts forever. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's the thing. It's like, just to keep being able to do it and sustain it. That's the hardest part about like doing these things. It's like a lot of people do stuff as fads or trends. It's like, I don't want to do that. It's like, I would really honestly like to do this kind of work as my job in life.
0: Yeah. Forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Feed your community, drink wine, hang out, farm, bring kids to the farm, bring, families to the farms, being able to be that person, you know what I mean? To be like able to actually show people what it's like to get out of the city, get out of struggle, to get out of your heads, to be able to like be in a space that's Not just away from like crime and stuff like that, but also like controlled Mm -hmm. by police officers and all these types of things. You know what I mean? There's so many city pressures on the black community that we forget that it's like, how could you ever even start to think about making wine? Yeah. How could you even start thinking about wanting to be a farmer? When people cruise through your neighborhood and want to like arrest you for marijuana, when there are many, many white men getting wealthy off of cannabis, when these things are happening, and it's I like Speak on it. It's weird. It's like to me, you know, I really don't like that this is happening. This is like what the control of land and land access looks like. I've watched the whole city be disrupted by people getting displaced from their homes from things like drug laws. But it's like, you got dudes up in Ukiah, Mendocino, all these places getting rich, even in the city. And you're just like, this is a little bit unfair. And watching the tech come in and steal their housing and then leave again and not offer their housing back to these people? It's just like, wait, that's criminal. This is scary. Like, where... Where and what are we doing? Like,
0: you know? how do we, how do we show up for ourselves and still like value our joy?
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. So I mean, I'm so appreciative of this wine and food space, and it was awkward working in hospitality, and it might always be sometimes, but I think that I took it and turned it into a power rather than mm-hmm. feeling as like. Oh, woe is me. I feel like honestly, it's like I wanna make I wanna make like luxury meals for everybody. And I wanna make everybody feel luxury and feel happy. And community and love and and exactly.
0: You know, that joy space that, you know, we open a bottle of wine and we just chop it up and And we laugh and we we dance and we tell stories and we pass on history. And I'm just excited that We can still do those things, and we can bring more people into learning
1: about these things. It's happening fast. It's happening at a rate that I never saw as a young Black kid growing up. I was so torn from other Black kids because, oh, you're not Black enough, or you don't do this, or you don't do that, or like the sports you like are different, or this, you know? It was like... We're finally getting to see black nerds hanging out with hip hop people hanging out with m b a people that like wine hanging out with like black lawyers, and we're all seeing each other for like oh this is this is lit, this is wait, I appreciated you the whole time. We just never were allowed to like like each other, mm-hmm. and now we all love each other in this thing where it's like we all appreciate." The person that opens the restaurant, the person that comes to the restaurant, the person that makes the wine, the person that's growing the pigs, or food, the, like, everything, you know what I mean? It's, like, I'm excited to see black cheese makers, all these types of things happen, man. Of like, course. It's about to happen, like, all this stuff's so cool. It's and, it's, like,
0: and it's, like, kind of, like, the way I see wine now for my career is I see wine as a vehicle to make other things happen for mm-hmm. humanity. So I see wine as a vehicle for getting people good food, which is, I know, something that's close to your heart too so culminating this whole conversation and Mm -hmm. all the places in your life that you're touching what do you see down the road for you and the 280 project how do you see the world changing
1: I would say that first off just impacting as many people of all walks of life And that you have the power to do something positive, too, is like what I would first say. What my goal is, is to open up this space for learning how to grow grapes, how to access land, how to care for your land, how to care for yourself. You know, financial literacy is all in this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Generational wealth is in this. Community is in this. I think of like co-op wine spaces, co-op vineyards. I think about taking over Lake County and turning it into a black AVA and seeing it as like instead of the Great Gatsby, the Great Blacksby where we're all driving around and convertibles and pointing at each other's wineries and grocery stores and banks and different restaurants and stuff like that and having houses on a lake and still living in the city but being able to like commute and feel safe and regenerate that land and bring it back and working with indigenous people and helping them also reclaim their their space and respecting them and working together and like being allies and um, traveling man i want to take black people to all the places that are interesting for grapes. I think we should be going to Chile. I think we should be in Argentina. I think we should be going to Japan, Spain, Portugal, South Africa. I know that they're growing grapes in Kenya. I mean, there are all these places, France, but like until we get to really touch those soils as a group, I don't think we're going to realize what that
0: the possibilities.
1: Yeah. I think once we get over there in a group of like 10, 20 of us, it's going to be something where people are like, whoa, whoa, You guys are all doing that and like yeah we're doing that but i think we're gonna have that feeling of being like i might want to stay over here i might want to call this home or i might want to learn here for a while i want to you know what i mean so i think that's my goal is like trying to figure out how to get people into viticulture how to get people land and how to get them abroad Mm -hmm. yeah and then just also feeding my people man and like the knowledge feeding them food feeding them knowledge
0: and you're making all of those things already happen through 280, and I'm just proud to know you, man.
1: Thanks, thank I'm you. Proud, I'm proud to know, to know you. It. We're both doing it. It's it's wild. I met you honestly, being like, whoa, somebody like that wants to talk to me. This is awesome. <laughs> That's what I feel about all of our friends now. Like mm-hmm. we have like a really cool little group of people that I'm like. I'm so proud and so, like, blown away that we...
0: You can just pick up the phone and call Jade yeah. or you can call Etty or yeah. Bianca. Yeah, Iman,
1: like Iman, just Hanim, so many... yeah positive people too that's what i want everybody to see once they meet us all once they see us all i can't wait till we have a huge black wine conference like in atlanta or something one day i told sakari bowman this one day in like the superdome or whatever the atlanta dome or something like that like all of us coming to a place like even oakland you know what i mean like imagine us all pouring our wines for each other all of us seeing each other in a space and being able to actually be like feel safe yeah and be able to be like yo you're coming to work with me yeah i'm coming to work with you like bing 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 meet this young person meet the you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it really is it's like until until we get that, though, it's like this is the way right now. This is it, but it's coming. I can feel it. Something, something so big in our space is about to happen. It's going to be like an annual thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all the time. It's like this isn't a one-time thing. This isn't a fad. This is just the beginning of like us owning land with wineries on it, with growing our own food. Yes, yeah. man. Like it's like being able to raise livestock. Like people don't know this, but I used to be such a nerd i used to breed fish i used to breed animals i raised parrots i was into like animal husbandry like so i really am like that, dude like i'm there you know what i mean like i'm ready to like be able to do all of it and be able to have properties but be able to teach that to the young black communities all communities to be able to understand like you don't have to rely on somebody else to feed you you don't have to rely on the world to keep you healthy or to keep you happy like you can find that yourself yeah
0: i think that's a good note to end on thank you christopher renfro
1: thank you Erica.
0: thanks for vibing with us today i hope you enjoyed that episode as much as i did every time i sit down with chris we really get down to the heart of why we do what we do and it's obvious to me that everything that man does is for the heart and for the people you can keep up with The 280 Project by following them on Instagram. It's all spelled out, The 280 Project. And you can follow us too at ViticoleWine. Wine. Join us this Thursday. We'll be hosting our pre-Labor Day sale at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And to keep up with everything happening at Viticole, sign up for our newsletter. I'll put a link in the description box, or you can just go to viticolewine.com to join us. Thanks for listening. This is Yurkaji Reyes signing off. Don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to this podcast. And we'll catch you next time. This has been Redefining the Vigneron, featuring in the 280 Project.